vendors and non-vendors alike, welcome to Braving the Elements Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And Varney, I hope our design and illustration episode with Brian, Angela, and Elsa wasn't enough of an emotional palate cleanser for you after Appa's lost days that you feel ready to tackle today's recap and discussion. You feeling good? I feel like I'm almost there. I'm almost emotionally ready, buddy. Okay. Off the top of my head, I can think of two things uh, that would help me in my, let's say, recovery before we dive into Lake Laogai. Off the top of your head. Yeah, just completely randomly off the top of my head. The first thing that would help us for us to do a very quick bright bite. Uh, now, of course, this is off the top of my head. Do we happen to have one? Exactly. Actually, Bonnie, we do. We do have one on Twitter. That's great use. At uh, Tom L. Matthews 23. That's, that's Tom with an H. After the T there, mm-hmm. he asks, is lightning redirection exclusive to firebenders? I think it is, but I've seen many fans say that anyone can do it because they're merely guiding the chi through their body. Huh? Okay, this actually is a crazy coincidence because while I did not know that break bite was coming, this happens to be a question that I asked our two dads, Mike and Brian, recently. And really? the answer is very simple. Yes, lightning redirection is exclusive to firebenders. Well, there you go, Tom Matthews 23. It is exclusive to the firebenders. I mean, yeah. when I saw it too, Tom, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I thought as a mere mortal, if I ever get struck by lightning, which it does happen to people, obviously we've we've heard about that. If we can maybe we have the night possibility. Please do not try to redirect lightning. If you are in real life no, and you're a human person, please do not listen to Dante and do not try to redirect like, lightning. All, By the way, let me tell you, it's gonna be happening to you before you know what's happening to you. So know, you're gonna go ahead and get mind, struck by lightning if it happens. Get into your belly and just redirect real quick in one second. It's possible. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Okay, ask me what the other... Remember, I said two things. So, uh, tee uh, me up. What's my second let thing? Me, okay. Hey, Varney, is that, what's that second thing off the top of your head? The second thing is I was... For me to emotionally heal, I would need a great special guest to join us this week. I mean, like a really awesome guest. To, I, I would say to cover like Lao Guy, I mean, we would have to have someone so smart, so hilarious, so charming. I'm talking like Joel Kim Booster level awesome. Like that's what I would need. Do you know what I mean? Well, there you go. Everyone, will you please welcome Mr. Joel Kim Booster to the show? What's up, Joel? What? Hello. What? Oh my God. How did that happen? I mean, it makes sense that, that it is a firebending exclusive because it is it feels yeah. sort of like what steel bending is to earth benders lightning sure. bending is to to fire benders in in a yeah. in a sense like everyone seems that to have totally like a secondary sense. sort of element like ice and water and yeah i wonder if the airbenders have anything like that i'm trying to think because it would make sense that lightning would be connected to that question. too in some senses that's but a really good question there's something i don't know it's the spirit world we, we talked about this. Um, we're going to have to do some research. Damn, you came in hot, Joel. You immediately come <laughs> Damn, in with like a stumper question that the quote unquote professors of Avatar, as we were really trying so hard to make people think we are, we have nothing. We have absolutely there nothing. We're just completely but I thought it blank. was the spirit world or something like that. But no, we got to turn this back on you. We got to turn this back on you. How did you find Avatar? When was it a more recent thing for you? Um, when did Avatar and Korra come in? So, Avatar came into my life during lockdown, actually, Um, because it premiered right in that time period where I was a teenager. And it was like one of those things where it was like, 
I felt like I was too old to like a kid's show, but not old enough yet to actually circle back around and be able to appreciate kid's shows yes. in that way. Like, So I came to it in my 30s. Um, Watching it during lockdown, I blazed through Avatar and then I blazed through Korra as well. And yeah, it was like, it was really one of the most comforting things I watched during that period of the pandemic, for sure. Awesome. Same. Love it. Okay, Dante, why don't you pitch some a couple other questions, Adam? Also, just a side note, super producer Emu just let me know on the airbenders have flight. They don't just bend air, they have flight. Okay. And it is a spiritual world. So Professor Dante All right. is correct about the spiritual world, Varney. Boom, Professor Bosco. I bend a knee to I you. I don't know everything Avatarverse, but I know a few things. Great call. Uh-huh. Now, Joel, <laughs> uh, as we like to ask a lot of our guests, do you have any favorite hybrid animals in the Avatar world, um, the Avatarverse so here? This is, this is probably sort of a basic um, answer to this question. Um but I really do love Naga. Uh, Naga is my favorite yes. because I mean, the, there's a, bears are dogs just in general, anyways. Like, and I've always, yeah. always, always wanted they to are? like have a little bear. If you look at them, the way that they sort of, I mean, dogs? to me, they are dogs. Bears are dogs to me. This isn't a scientific. Oh. I thought you were telling me something scientific. No, 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 no. This is not a scientific take. Oh, Joel, let him think that. Let him think that. Let him go out onto the <laughs> for, internet and tell people for that a bears second. Are dogs. I went with it like, yeah, Joel, you're right. It just makes bears so much dogs. sense. They're cuddly. They're big. They, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Naga specifically is an all timer for me. Um, and Love yeah, to hear that's the one for me. I mean, it is like one of the simpler hybrids, I think, probably in the universe, but definitely the Why cutest. Why mess with perfection when exactly. you got a dog and a polar bear? Come yeah. on. It's yeah. a good no, dog. But it's a good companion for an avatar. For sure. You can't ride them that far with a bunch of people. You don't know what you're talking about. Why don't you save all of that for Cora? Because you don't, you don't want to get in trouble with the internet. So yeah. don't say you can't ride them that Sorry, far. Sorry, interwebs. Naga bin rid. <laughs> totally. Naga bin rid. Uh, okay, and then um, yes, any favorite adversaries? Um, I mean, for me, it's got to be Azula, 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 yeah. and her besties. Okay, cool. So you love Azula. How about ships? How about relationships? Yeah, yes. I mean, <clears throat> again, this is something that's coming up in the in this season. It, I think it gets hit like especially closer to the end of this arc. But like, I am staunchly. Zuko and Katara. Yeah, Zutara. That is my Joel. That's what I'm talking Zutara about Joel. forever. It's so much more interesting. And I think it's like one of those things where like you were reminded that this show is for kids ultimately because they made the less interesting choice of Aang and Katara to me. Because it's more obvious. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Zuko and Katara. You just upset after. I know. But the thing is, is like Zuko and Katara, that's a complicated layer to delve into that. That would be like a really True. complicated thing that I think a lot of kids would have trouble processing because Zuko is a villain for so much of the show. And they, you know, it would require a little bit more work, I think, to really build that relationship to where it would be believable that they would. And I do think that they do do some of that work throughout the series. Like you do see like glimpses. They, they it wouldn't be one of the most popular ships in this fandom if there wasn't like yes. glimpses right. of what it could have been um, something right. yeah and i think it could have been really cool to like lead into cora too like to see what the descendants of that relationship would have really turned out to would have been really super fascinating to me but 
I, I, I'm yeah. in the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> in, the multi- <laughs> in the multiverse. No, I agree. And it will perhaps it will soothe your soul to know that even in the writer's room, as this show was being written, writers were advocating for Zutara. Like they were like, no, Thank come on. Goodness. Like there was like the hardcore Zutara fans in the, you know, early aughts when the show was being written, even if it was a show ostensibly for kids, people were like, come on, let's do this. Like it makes yeah. sense. Well, and I think part of it for me too, that's a sticking point is like, Aang is such baby to me, I you know, know he's, he's such a baby. I and I know they're all kids, basically. But like Katara to me always felt like more mature, more like sort of closer to adulthood, just sort of yeah. by nature yeah. of her origins, you know, that and she kind of has totally. to be. She's sort of mother to the entire group in a lot of ways as well. And I think that just sort of ages her up and makes it seem like oh, that's all Zuko needs is a good mom girlfriend, you know? It's a great ship. You said he needs a mom girlfriend. (laughs) I don't disagree. Don't tell anyone ever that we're ever looking for anything (laughs) like that. (laughs) I think I absolutely Uh, love that. And, you know, we see Jet again in this episode, you know, from the sort of, and I will say Lost Boys right around Rufio, but with this, you know, the the sort of raggle taggle guy who leads his little group of, of, Misfits, and I sound like I'm demeaning all of them. I don't mean that. But, you know, they are adorable. And they have really adorable names. But, like, he's more of a bad dude than Zuko. So when you have him to sort of weigh Zuko against, it reminds you, like, oh, that's a bad boy. Like, Katara has a little crush on a bad boy who keeps a little straw in his mouth and wants to drown an entire city because the Fire Nation may or may not be there. And so when you have that to compare, you're like, okay, Zuko... He's doing the work. Yeah. Like, he's not just well, the like, the thing is, like you know, Jill said, being... like, you could see the Zutara possibly being a beautiful relationship if we went deeper into that. And then you could see a glimpse of another bad boy, Jet, who I love. Jet and Katara being a glimpse of a possible toxic relationship if that yeah. went forward. There you go. You know, you like see it like, oh, yeah, that could be horrible. It is yeah. funny that, like, something hanging out of the mouth really is the telltale sign of a bad boy. You know, like, piece of straw, <laughs> toothpick. Classic cigarette. Straw. Yeah. It's like disrespectful. It's so, somehow it like stands for, yeah, stands for being like, I'm not into authority, therefore I have yeah. straw in my mouth. <laughs> like, why? Although, a little foreshadow part in this episode later on, he doesn't have that straw when he's yeah. possibly brainwashed. Oh, that's interesting. That's true. Foreshadow report. When he gets brainwashed, suddenly they try to stick that straw in his mouth and he like spits it back out again. I'm wondering if there's some kind of deeper meaning going on there because hmm. he doesn't no realize straw. that he's been brainwashed. We'll get to that. That's a really well, good point. That just day. occurred to me right now as we're talking to straws like, Ooh. No, totally, totally. Okay. And then Dante, you got to ask the question, the capital Q question. Well, the question, the one true question of this podcast to all of our guests, Joel, if you were a bender in this avatar verse, what kind of bender would you be? So this is a tough question because what I would want to be, what I think is the coolest bender of all of the elements to me, both like visually and like, I think some of the most creative work that the creators have done on the show is earthbending. Like I, I think Toph is like my favorite character of the series um, I think it's yes. like She's her She's fight choreography is some of the most fun, uh, imaginative stuff. But if I'm being really honest with who I am and what I would actually be and what I align with most as a Pisces, I would have to say I'd be a waterbender for sure. 
Um, okay. And and Katara's dope. Like Katara is amazing, but I think I would definitely be a water bender. It's just I would wish to be an yeah. earth bender for sure. Yeah. I get that. Dante, how you feeling? You feeling sad as the fire? Those are both cool elements. They're great. I mean, <laughs> they're awesome. Those are both very good. For a hey. second, I thought you were going to. Yeah. When you start talking about it being cool, I can see Dante kind of sit up a little straighter. And then when you said waterbender, Varney was like, yeah, waterbenders. You know, I was down for they're that. They're good people. Good people, calm people. I was ready for any answer on that. Kind of pacifist, calm yeah, people for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. like not yeah. aggro. Yeah. That's I mean, I'm just not aggro enough to be a firebender. That's why I'm not cool enough. I'm definitely not either. But the earth is a powerful element. I mean, we live on earth, so earth is all around us all the time. You forget <laughs> like that's probably really strong. Yeah, earth is amazing. The thing about water bending is she's always got to carry that little pouch of water around with her. There's no water, then you're sort of out of luck. You guys have a, probably a better memory for this stuff. Was there ever like a moment when she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's coming up, I think, right? When she pulls moisture out of the air. Does she do that mm-hmm. ever? Yeah. And then also we find out later about blood bending, which is a blood whole bending. other oh, like, right, right, right. side, side trip on the water, water yeah, bending world. That's yeah. the yeah. lightning we, slash steel of, yes. of water benders for yes. sure. Is blood bending. Oh, yeah. That is it. We are water. We are mostly water. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah. Water and you minerals. Know, and you're battling a water bender. So let's get into what we can look forward to in this episode. We talked about it a little bit. We already know we sobbed our way through Appa's lost days with a truly magnificent uh, Ivana Lynch, of course, who is uh, Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter. Uh, That episode leaves us with the image of Appa's paw embedded right before he was sucked down under the city by Long Fang. In this episode, we keep looking for Appa. The gang's all there looking for him. They're breaking the rules in order to do it. Long Fang is just trying to get rid of him, which I think is interesting, by the way, and we'll talk about this more, but this idea of Long Fang being this, like, super bad dude, but, like, really, he's just trying to get the Avatar to leave. Like, he's not trying to kill the Avatar. You know what I mean? We've seen Ozai and Commander Zhao, like, all these people who are like, I want to end the Avatar. And Long Fang is really sinister, But he's just like, just leave. Please leave. Like, just get out of here. Leave and you won't disrupt this, like, weird, uneasy balance we have from brainwashing everyone. I just thought that was interesting. This was the episode where I was like, oh, yeah, like, Clancy Brown's character, who you think is going to just be this monster because he's so scary, is like... He just kind of wants the Avatar to leave. I sort of love that. Yeah. So anyway, he wants to get rid of him. We don't know what's going on with Jet. We're going to see him here in a minute. And then Zuko also finds out that Aang's in the city and he's got to start his own search for Appa. This episode was written by Tim Hedrick and directed by Lauren McMullen. We love both of those people very much. Um, Why don't we jump into it? Dante, what happens at the top of the episode? So at the top of the episode, we still haven't found Appa yet because everyone's pitching in to help find him. And Sokka's on the case with some pretty horrible but wonderful sketches of Appa. Sadly for him, Aang and Katara went out and got a great missing poster made instead. Loving the idea of the animator purposely drawing poorly in the the middle of their amazing animation work, right? These guys are drawing amazing stuff, but then someone drew those horrible drawings. I don't know who did it, Mike and Brian, but they were awesome. 
I do love that. I love the idea of like these masterful animators like doing this amazing animation, but their character is very bad at drawing. And so you're tasked in the middle of all that with being like, okay, stick figures, here we come. Yeah. Yes, share me the detail moment. If you haven't given yourself the gift of really studying Sokka's oppas, then go back and look at them because they, he does a few of them and they're all pretty. Yeah. They're amazing. They're all horribly wonderful. They're all horribly wonderful. And Toph thinks they look great, <laughs> which I do love that. They always have that funny banter. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's great to see Aang at this point so optimistic and motivated to find Appa. In the past episodes, there was so much anger and pain around it. Now, Momo and Aang glide around the city dropping flyers. It was actually cute. They were dropping. Reminded me of my band days where we were going flyer the oh, city. Oh, sure. I'm like, look at them. They're flyering up that city. And then inside the tea shop, Iroh's reputation for making incredible tea is spreading. A man offers to give Iroh his own tea shop. Much to Pao's chagrin, and Pao's only able to offer senior assistant positions when this investor's offering a complete creative freedom and a new apartment. He was really giving him some, in the upper ring, no less. It made me really think, like, wow, bossing say, upper ring, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Did you hear, nephew? This man wants to give us our own tea shop in the upper ring of the city. That's right, young man. Your life is about to change for the better. I'll try to contain my joy. And so Uncle Iroh is very excited about this. Zuko, not so much. I mean, he does say, like, that's not my dream to be selling tea. He he remembers what he really feels his, his destiny is to do, and he's not on it. So and then Zuko finds one of these oppa flowers and piques his interest, and he realizes the Avatar must be in Boston Say. Okay, two things. Yeah, oh, please, Joel, hit me. Well, okay. First of all, I got to say, is there a cooler name for a city than Ba Sing Se? Like, it's just so fun it's to say. It's very cool name. No. I know. It's the coolest it name of the entire series. Right. I love whenever they say Ba Sing Se. It's so great. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that Iroh, for me, is like one of my favorite characters in the entire series because I think like 100%. when the Fire Nation is first introduced in book one... Like, they're pretty, like, straight up just villains, you know? Like, they're evil, they're villains, that's what we get from them. Hey, 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 Joel. But it's it's right in this area when Iroh, you know, with the T and everything like that, and Zuko, too, in this episode especially, like, you start to see that they're complicated. There's layers to them. Iroh is actually, like, sort of a a villain by circumstance more so than, like, a natural-born villain, sort of like Azula, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, and it's those little details that I really loved watching this show and like really drew me in as, a, as an adult. And I was like, oh, maybe this show isn't just like for kids. Like, I think that this stuff is a little bit more complicated, which I really, Absolutely. I really love. Totally. It can be as bad as we want to be as a Fire Nation, because guess what? We have on our team, Uncle Iroh. No. He brings us back. Don't lean on Uncle Iroh. <laughs> I'm leaning on my uncle. That's not cool. Do not do <laughs> that. Leaning. Do not use him as an excuse. I thought, Joel, maybe you were going to say that Prince Zuko is very good at complaining about his circumstances. And if nothing else, he has just been offered the opportunity to go live in the upper ring, which is like the schmancy part of Ba Sing Se, which I agree is the best name ever. Uh, And he's so pouty. He's thinking so big picture. He needs to sit down and listen up because he has been whining about his circumstances in Bossing Say. Now he's the opportunity to pop up a couple of echelons. He needs to be okay with that and stop being such a brat. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I don't think you're going to get any argument from me, maybe from Dante, but... No argument here. It'd be nice to have a tea shop and live in the upper ring of Boss Sing Oh, Zuko. Okay, uh, I'm glad you feel that way. So let's... Back at Team Avatar's... Uh, we see Judy show up. The great Lauren Tom does a voice of Judy. This is the original Judy. Uh, we saw She's in an back. earlier episode that our Judy that we knew was replaced by a different woman who also was just like, no, I'm Judy. And you get the sneaking suspicion that they're just programming a bunch of Judys. So this is our original Lauren Tom Judy. Uh, and the gang wonders what happened to her back at the King's party because she definitely got in trouble there. And where has she been ever since? You disappeared at the Earth King's party. Oh, I simply took a short vacation to Lake Laogai, out in the country. It was quite relaxing. But then they replaced you with some other woman who also said her name was Judy. I'm Judy. I just went to Lake Laogai. So, uh... Judy is really just there to tell them they can't put up flyers, okay? That's against the rules of the city. They can't do it. And Aang's had it. In fact, they've all had it. They don't care anymore what the rules are. There are so many, very many rules in Ba Sing Se, and they don't care. They're like, we're here. We've waited long enough. It's been, we now know it's been weeks since they've had Abba with them. They're going to find him. And I love that Toph has this moment where she basically just blows out the entire side of a building, the house they're in. <laughs> like, we're not going to br- listen to the rules. And she blows out the side of the building. And in my mind, I was like, I guess that's the way they're going to leave the building. But then they just go out the front door anyway. <laughs> so like, they've totally destroyed this house. And then they like gingerly open the front door and go down the stairs, which is like classic Toph. I love that. Um, and they are seen, by the way, by the agents of the Dai Li, which we is never a good thing. So back in his very creepy library, which Brian Kanetsko told us uh, needed to have a, you know, a green fire. They have to have fire, even though they're not firebenders. They have to like have this sort of green. So it's this green crystals that create this kind of fire thing. It makes the library beautifully creepy. Great choice. Long Fang chastises Judy for her ineffectiveness in controlling the avatar. She's upset. Uh, and then suddenly we see Long Fang inviting her to Lake Laogai. And then we realize as Judy's pupils dilate into black holes that this is like a Manchurian candidate type situation. Like I, at this point, you don't know, like, is there even a Lake Laogai or is it just like a trigger phrase that sends people deep into this hypnosis? So he sends her away and then we hear him discussing the risks of Aang actively searching for Appa. Kind of, he's talking about, uh, you know, tipping this balance that they found in the city where no one, you know, no one thinks there's anything scary happening and no one knows the truth. And he doesn't want to make this big scene by shutting them out. So he's going to try to figure out in his always sneaky way like is there another way i can get rid of these kids without it being this huge deal that long fang kicked out the avatar because that might make people actually think and have opinions for a change so that's what's happening there um joel take us out of this cold eerie fireplace it's like giving me the serious creeps well i have to say too it, it is funny that like one of the big villains of this section of the show is bureaucracy uh, like that's yes! what that's what Long Fang's like main weapon yes! is in keeping these kids from yes! getting to Appa Brilliant. and like hopefully forcing them. What a better way to force someone out of a city than just uh, like layer upon layer of bureaucracy and rules. Uh, Evilness like, bureaucracy. So true. Brilliant. Yeah. Very poignant for our no, our world today. Feels yeah. familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> the grand evil of bureaucracy. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, so we leave Longfang's cold, eerie fireplace for Iroh and Zuko's humble quarters as Iroh packs up, dreaming about the names for his new tea shop. He thinks maybe the Jasmine Dragon. Um, Zuko's barely listening. He's uh, there to tell his uncle that Aang's in the city. And there's this um, cool parallel between Longfang having just talked about upsetting the balance of the city and Iroh telling Zuko that they have a chance for a new life if they don't disrupt and endanger the good things happening. Um but Zuko has no time for a quiet life of peace and prosperity, so Uncle has to drop some wisdom on him once again. There is nothing wrong with a life of peace and prosperity. I suggest you think about what it is that you want from your life, and why. I want my destiny. What that means is up to you. Which is, once again, this complex look at the idea of destiny being predetermined versus us having the power to decide our own destinies, uh, followed by the tea weevil. No, that's stupid. <laughs> um, <It's> like, <laughs> I just love that's the thing, right, Joel? You were saying, like, yes, it is aimed at children to a degree, but then you have these, like, intensely Buddhist amazing sort of ideas yeah. and this idea of destiny, which is something that comes up in kind of all of the great stories, right, about heroes' journeys and stuff. But they have a really nice way of slipping back into silliness with Iroh saying, like, one of the most profound things in the entire series and then is like, the tea weevil. Like, <laughs> why would you ever name your the tea shop the tea weevil? Why? Yeah, from the jasmine dragon to the tea weevil. That's a big, uh, a big leap. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> exactly. So out in the city, uh, Team Avatar is putting up posters. Uh, Toph, uh, of course, needs a little help to put them up correctly. Um, and the team splits up. And not long after, Katara is approached by familiar favorite of Dante's. That's right. It's Jet. Um, I Uh-oh. actually can't. When was Good the last see, time buddy. we saw Jet? Um, we just got the bossing say on the boat, and then they they kind of get split up. But he was on the smell, the track of Zuko and Iroh during the last time we saw him, and then he got caught by the Dai Li. Right, right. Yeah, we saw him get arrested. That's right, because he was tr- he arrested. picked a fight with Dante at their old tea shop and was trying to tell everyone right. they're firebenders, they're firebenders, they're firebenders, fight. and the Dai Li was like, great fight, and just way. like took him away. Great fight, super creepy. Yes, and and speaking of great fights, uh, Katara goes into attack mode, but he throws down his weapon. She pins him with ice daggers and rounds up the team. He says that they're there to help them find Appa. Katara thinks he's lying, but Toph basically turns the wall jet's pins against into a lie detector and says he's telling the truth. Um, very interesting technique here by Toph. Right? Yeah. Didn't see that coming. He's not lying. How can you tell? I can feel his breathing and heartbeat. When people lie, there's a physical reaction. He's telling the truth. Didn't realize earthbenders could tell if you're lying or not. Well, it's more to do... I think she develops a lot of secondary skills because she's blind, right? I think she, that's why she's yeah. slightly more yeah. well, adept super... than, than some of the other. She's daredevil. Great yeah, you're point. right. You're right. Also, side note... It's true that uh, Toph does create the Metro Police Force, like, in Republic City. She founds right. it, and yeah. here we have her, like, the first lie detector. You are reminding me that my my favorite character in the Avatar universe is a cop, um, which is <laughs> <know>. <laughs> really tough, really tough to come Sorry. around on that. Uh, <laughs> oh. Who knows if you're lying or not? Yeah. Yeah. Police state. She's got the right morals. That's all. Yeah. That's all we're saying. She's got the right morals. Uh, in She's this moment. Good. Yeah. I do love that suddenly we're like, oh, so now we have this way of 
understanding when people are and are not lying. Like, wow. Does okay. she ever use this this ability again? Or does she get sort of burned by it in this episode and decides maybe it's that's not as reliable? Question. I can't remember if she does use it more. Because that's quite a thing to introduce and that's then and then not forget about it. Right. Yeah. And if you can tell if people are lying, I'd use that every day. Which, by the way, if she tried to tell if Azula was lying by checking her heartbeat and pulse, she'd be like, Azula's telling the truth. Even if Azula was like, <laughs> like lying through her teeth, because Azula would just she's be, like, beat that lie detector. Socio. Yeah. Checked out exactly. Azula and I've, it says you're a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, love you, Azula. Uh, you, all right, Azula. Dante, take us through what happens after that. Okay, so he takes him to a huge empty warehouse and explains he's heard two guys talking about Appa. They find some fur, and he was there, but they're too late. But not by much. An old man says they took him to an island. Whale Tail Island. <laughs> Easy. They'll just go to Whale Tail Island. But not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> Whale Tail Island is all the way back near the South Pole. But it would take weeks to get there. Ang says it doesn't matter. We have to. And Jet wants to go, but Katara shuts that down. Top wonders why Katara's being so mean. Why won't you trust me? Gee, I wonder. Was this guy your boyfriend or something? What? No! I can tell you're lying. Quick shout out to all the Jet Tara shippers out there. I don't know how many there are. There's a few. There's gotta be a few. She was really in love with him. You know, the jealous part of Zuko in my mind. I always think of like that when they did that extra special animation for when they're going down. She meets the treehouse. They're going up the treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. That thing still bothers me. I'm sure it does. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, out on the street, the gang discusses how they'll get to Appa. But Smellerby and Longshot call out to Jet. They saw him get arrested by the Dai Li weeks ago and didn't know what happened to him. Jet denies it. And then Toph says, neither are lying, which means Sokka realizes that in that moment that Jet has been brainwashed. That night, we're treated to another familiar face or, or a mask, as it were. The blue spirit's back, which is one of my favorite parts of Zuko for sure. Yes, indeed. But, you know, sadly could be the last we see the blue spirit first out of report later in the episode. But a Daily soldier chases him down, sending one of his tiled rock gloves to punch the blue spirit. But it's a straw dummy with a pretty great Blue Spirit-esque mask. He took the bait. Suko's got him at sword point. So meanwhile, Team Avatar, Smellerby, and Longshot try to find out what's happened to Jet and why. And Katara is now sure that the Dai Li sent him specifically there to mislead them. I mean, could this all be just a ruse to get the Avatar to leave Ba Sing Se? I gotta ask really quickly, do you think Smellerby was, um, is his given name? Or do you think they all got cool nicknames like Jet and Longshot and he got stuck with Smellerby? Because that is, uh, that's really tough. That's a great yeah. question. Also, Smellerby identifies as female. But, uh, <laughs> she does. But there's a whole thing around that, which is, by the way, that that's like that a lot of the time that's kind of a, a non-binary hero is Smellerby. Because Smellerby seems like almost a they yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but that's a really good question. I would think you're right that that is a... I've never been in any gangs, but I grew up in a neighborhood where we were breakdancers and we had our cliques and we did choose our names. Like we chose our names. I was popping fresh. Everyone has an, everybody <laughs> have their own breakdancer name. You know, all my boys from that era of my life have their breakdancer name. And we all know it. They may not use it today, but I actually know who 
who, who the classical kid is. I know all these guys. I know these guys. And it's like this Freedom Fighter crew. And I think you get to choose your name at a certain time. I still don't know what Smelter B means. It's a cool name. I like it. I like saying it. <laughs> yeah. I like saying it a lot. You, I don't. If you I don't know think what it means. that we're not going to call you Poppin' Fresh for the rest of this episode, yeah, that's you tough. are I'm sorely <laughs> mistaken, Poppin' Fresh. Poppin' Fresh, hey, we are definitely going to call you Poppin' Fresh for the rest of this episode. <laughs> All right. So hang tight, Poppin' Fresh and Joel. Let me just get uh, through some of this. Uh, so is this is this all a ruse? They think they've been, you know, now they're hearing that Appa's off at Whaletail Island. But what if that's not true at all? What if he's still in the city and this is just a way to get them out? And Jet, unfortunately, in this situation is like no help. He can't. They're like, come on, we got to like shake something loose you got to remember and he just can't he's like no i don't think any of this happened i don't think i was brainwashed so they figure out they have to find a way to jar his memories and uh a little uh, someone named Sokka uh suggests maybe katara could kiss him uh ang's not feeling that so we have a little love triangle going on there um and then suddenly this is that moment we were talking about earlier where Sokka shoves a wheat straw into jet's mouth as if that's gonna somehow like wake him up <laughs> and uh he spits it out so that's a very rough yes. moment for me because I feel like that is his kind of his entire identity and it doesn't happen. I don't know what's wrong with him. So Toph tells Jet, Try to think of something from your past that triggers your emotions. The Fire Nation. Remember what they did to your family. Close your eyes. Picture it. Smeller B suggests remembering what the Fire Nation did to Jet's family. So we see this flashback of little Jet and just this entire city on fire. We see that head rough rhino uh, that we met earlier in this in the series. Uh, little Jet is terrified. And then we come back to older Jet. He's also terrified. So Katara then uses some pretty fancy water bending with her little. She basically gives him like little Princess Leia buns of water uh, around his temple and tries to kind of soothe him in that way. And it works. And we see this very cool dreamy sequence of Long Fang and a lake and underground tunnels and moving green light. So he was definitely at a lake. He was underneath it. And I bet nobody can guess what the name of that lake was. Lagai. Yes! Lagai. I nailed it. Yes. Lagai. You nailed it. Can't say the same for Poppin' Fresh. Again, this reminds us when that these are all kids and teenagers, including Jet, of war. You know, you forget sometimes yeah. like, these kids on this adventure, yeah. but these are children of war yeah. and going through like war trauma and how that affects them. And this is like another moment in the series. Forced to like, grow oh, up absolutely. too soon. Yeah. It's true. They've seen it's some true. horrible things. Um, okay, so the teams made it to Lake Lagai, where Toph senses a tunnel under the water. They head down into it. As they move through the passages, we see a soldier brainwashing a whole group of Judies. It's sinister as heck. Jet thinks he's led them <laughs> to a cell big enough to hold Appa. And indeed, we go to the interior of the cell, and there's Appa. The door opens, and a super dirty trick gets played on us. The classic, it was a different door, y'all, moment because it's the blue spirit who opens Appa's cell. The one Jet opens is empty except for the ceiling where a bunch of Dai Li soldiers hang. Unfortunately for everyone, this was indeed a trap. Uh, Long Fang won this round. Or has he? Because Team Avatar and Jet's team are not going to go down without a fight. Everyone's doing their part, including some amazing earthbending by Toph, as per usual. Uh, Long Fang pieces out. Aang and Jet chase after him, only to be cornered. All right, Avatar, you've caused me enough problems. This is your last chance. 
if you want your bison back. You do have Appa! Tell me where he is! Agree to exit the city now, and I'll waive all charges against you and allow you to leave with your lost pet. And he does have Appa. Along Feng just wants them to go. If they leave, they'll get Appa and be in no more trouble. Jet's not having it until Long Feng activates his brainwashing and Jet attacks Aang. Yeah, so apparently you could just like preload a bunch of hypnosis into someone and then when you need them to, I mean, that's super Manchurian candidate, right? We can all agree that's right, like straight totally. up Manchurian candidate. Like now I need you to assassinate Aang. Your keyword is Lake Lao guy. And then Jet's like, yes. One of my favorite things about watching shows like this as a kid is is learning these references before you understand what they're referencing. Yeah. Like that happened to me all the time with like Animaniacs, or I would like I yes. was so in tune with like so many of these references when I was a kid, and I had no idea that I was familiar with like all these classic movies and like all of these cultural right. like tentpole moments. And I think it's it's great that shows like this were doing that with kids. I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right. That's like, and it is a kind of a gift to adults too when they watch it. They're like, oh, that's yeah. for me. Um, so it works in like a bunch of different ways. I love that. Uh, Dante, I mean, Poppin' Fresh. Yes, Poppin' Fresh in the house. <laughs> so we jump back to Appa's cell where Zuko, a.k.a. The, the Blue Spirit, is interrupted by none other than Uncle Iroh. So many flips, like the door opening, you always think it's different people. And, and actually, I was very surprised that yeah. Uncle was there. Yeah. And then Uncle laying into Zuko pretty hard. I was surprised how upset i mean this is like really first time he I shouts really at him to, you get to see like yeah he got like emotionally he went at him yeah and if you were expecting a gentle uncle iroh for this scene you ain't getting him iroh yells at zuko for making these dangerous moves without really knowing what his next steps will be the elder person yelling at you your elder like uncle father mm-hmm. plug it in it was that for real and i yeah. felt it again when i was listening to it and then he's like going off on Zuko, like how dangerous all this stuff is, and you're not thinking, you, you and then you're you're not understanding. You know, he's like, you don't have. That's what happened. He's recalling other things he did that like almost got yourself killed, and you're just trying to fulfill this so-called destiny that's been forced on you by someone else. And he's doing it out of love. This is the thing is like, if you're older, you're like, oh, he's doing it out of love, but it's still like coming down pretty hard. And then Zuko turns his back on Iroh, and Iroh begs him. Stop it, Uncle. I have to do this. I'm begging you, Prince Zuko. It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? Meanwhile, Jet continues to attack Aang. Brainwash Jet. And Aang tries to break the spell. Nothing seems to be reaching him until he reminds Jet he's a freedom fighter. Jet's mind races, remembering his people and even Katara, and then, bam, it's all back. He turns on Long Fang, who slams Jet with Earth's bending and hightails it out of there. Jet's not moving. I'm sorry, Aang, he murmurs. Katara tries to heal him with water bending, but says things don't look good. But Smeller being Longshot stay with Jet, so Team Avatar can try and get Appa. When they reach the right cell, Appa's gone. They race out, hoping to catch Long Fang, since they assume he is Appa. But they're hemmed in by the Dai Li, who bend huge walls around them. So, Jet dies, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure he dies. We don't see him again, right? 
We don't see him again. I'm pretty sure he dies. But this has been like a long time controversy, like people. But I think yeah. it might be canon that he dies. It makes sense because the the show is is pretty like light on actually seeing deaths. But I think like yes, the thing that makes the most sense here is that he is dead and we just don't see it happen, which is pretty tragic. Yeah, um, and pretty like yeah, unceremonious in a in a big way too. You do expect yeah. him to come back at the end of the episode, like you expect to see him again at some point, um, but we never do. You right. know, if I yeah. were writing. Cora, I would have him come back late in life and really um, old man Jet. blow. Yeah. yeah, Katara really like rediscovers Ooh. this old flame that you know like, old love. Joel, that's what I want to see. Joel, Joel, no, Joel, no. Jet Katara, <laughs> Zutara, someone shipping Zutara. Old Zuko, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if he's dead or not, but I mean, I'd like to. In a way, it sort of makes sense because. The thing is, is he's a little redundant as a character, a little bit. Now that we're moving this way with Zuko, do we need Jet and Zuko? Is the question. I think that the creators oh, were probably that's a asking great themselves. Question. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Because especially with like, the turn that Zuko yeah. makes at the end of this episode, you're starting to see sort of like the trajectory oh, of what yes. Zuko could be. And it is more similar yes. to what where we True. find Jet. I love That's the true. meta conversation. That is one of the reasons we do this podcast. So I am I love that you brought that to the table, Joel, because that is a really good question from like the craft of writing perspective. Yeah. That totally makes right. sense. Sorry, Jet. Which adds to the legend of Jet. You know, he died too young. Yeah. He died yeah. so young. He's like James Dean. Sure. Dean. He got the thing in his there mouth. There you go. There He's you good. Go. He's bad. Didn't he, even get the thing in his mouth. He got either. brainwashed. Yeah. However, Momo flies in doing some kind of frantic chittering, and then he sort of flies off again. He sort of arcs towards the sun. And then, of course, what do we see coming out of the sun? Like, our eyes are blinded. Are we seeing what we think we see? It's just a silhouette at first. It's Appa! He slams through the wall, if not multiple walls, and confronts Long Fang. He is psyched to be back. He grabs Long Fang with his little square teeth, skips him across like Lao Guy like a stone. It is super satisfying. The gang runs to Appa for this beautiful tearful reunion. We see Aang hugging Appa, a little tear down his uh, cheek. It's extremely sweet and wonderful. And then they all fly into the distance. And as they disappear from sight, Zuko and Iroh then climb out of this tunnel at Lake Lao Guy. And Iroh congratulates Zuko for setting Appa free. You did the right thing, nephew. Leave it behind. And Zuko's, he's there, he's staring at his blue spirit mask. And indeed, Zuko lets that mask, that blue mask, drift down into the lake. Oh, you're so right, Joel. This is like a real turning over of a new chapter for Zuko. Right, Poppin' yeah. Fresh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe Jet dies and the Blue Spirit dies same episode. Maybe there's something like that's going down. Wow. Parallels. Parallels. And good Zuko is born, sort of. Yes, indeed. Good Zuko is born like the criminal. Because Zuko's also giving up that, you know, alter ego vigilante. He's like, that's dead with, with Jet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Tea lovers, are you tired of waiting in line to get into Ba Sing Se's most popular tea shop, the Jasmine Dragon? Are you fine with tea that's just okay? If you drink tea and you're not a temperature snob, come to the Tea Weevil, where you'll walk out saying, yep, that was technically tea. The Tea Weevil will burrow our way into your heart. Couple quick things and then we'll let you go. Very quick one question quiz. Uh, it's okay if nobody knows the answer to this, but there's this kind of unusual and significant thing that happens with one of the side characters and that happens, to my knowledge, only once in the entire series. Think uh, in the Freedom Fighter department. Is it dying? <laughs> because we definitely don't see that Actually, happen a lot. You know what? You, that that absolutely is just as true <laughs> as the answer I had in mind. So I think you may have just Broken given a perfectly good... Yeah, you broke the quiz. Dante... AKA Pop and Fresh, do you have uh, anything you want to add to that? If there were, for example, just, I don't know, a second answer that also would work? You gave me a clue and I missed the clue. Think what? Let me hit you. Here it goes. Longshot says something and he does not talk at all any other time that we ever see him in the series. He is completely <sighs> mute and people are always like responding to him as if he's talking. Like, good point, Longshot, but he never That's says right. anything. And at the very, very end, he's the one who says she's lying. Uh, we hear him talk once. So I sort of love that that little drama moment. Wow. Um, I don't think we saw any new animals in this episode. Uh, in terms of Animal Crossing, I don't think we saw any new ones. We just have our, our two main friends, Appa and Momo. If I'm wrong, tell me on social media. Now we just have to discuss who has the most valuable bending and who has the most valuable non-bending in the episode. This is a bending-heavy episode yeah you know it's funny i'm like always like i said at the top i'm always really into what they do with toff in terms of the fight choreo of the earthbenders but i I have to say i think the probably the most valuable bender in this episode who displays the most wide breadth of bending is katara she's doing a little offensive bending she's doing a little defensive bending she's got it all yes uh and she does a little bit of it of She's everything. Doing some healing. Yeah. Top is your favorite. And I can argue that the most important bending, I don't even know if it's a bending when she has the lie detector test thing on. Yeah. 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 yeah maybe they gave him more of a break for that reason that she, you know that they were like okay well if Toph says he's not lying I guess he's not lying there must be something else going on so they agree to give him like more room well even though that led him into a trap I mean uh, yeah didn't it so Katara <laughs> so Katara so, so we agree on Katara <laughs> great so Katara gets it uh, I'm very comfortable with that I do love the healing water bubbles uh, very much as well the and the ice great. daggers I'm always a fan of pinning someone with ice daggers so great agreed on that and then most valuable non- Ending episode. I mean, we got Uncle Land. Uncle Iro, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah Uncle Iro. That's such an emotional Uncle thing Iroh. coming down. Sometimes the the hardest and the most important non bending is tough love. And yeah. Uncle Iro came with that yeah. hard. My instinct originally was to say Jet with his little fish hooks, but I think that the real answer really yeah, is like great. Uncle Iro and his speeches. He's he gives a good speech. Yeah. Honorable mention to Jet gone too soon very very strong non-bending fighter one of the strongest out there tylee and jet are two of the best non-benders who have incredible fighting skills so i definitely agree with that um that takes us to the end joel kim booster 
thank you so much for bringing your waterbending so stylings uh, <laughs> straight into Braving the Elements. Um, I hope you had fun. I hope you'll maybe you can come back for I would book three. Love to. And uh, I would love to actually. I yes, not please come back. I kind of want to come back and talk about you. I want to talk about Cora a little bit. So maybe if you You're in the there. two years it'll take you to it's get through date. book three. I know. Um, <laughs> it's a date. Once we'll for get there, sure. I would love to. Will you tell people anything that you would like them to know to um, check out yeah. and uh, anything you're working on or places to find you? Yeah, you can watch Fire Island on Hulu now. You can watch my Netflix special on Netflix called Psychosexual. You can watch Loot on Apple TV. Yes. Uh, and if you want to find me on socials, I'm at I Hate Joel Kim on all socials. Uh, that just proves that you're the busiest person in your business <laughs> and yet you found time to do this podcast. So we love you for that. Everybody, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Avatar Brave the Elements and make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps the podcast so much and me and Janet really appreciate it. Next week, we're discussing disability in the Avatarverse with activists and advocates Rue Jones and Jimmy Clare. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>